You're listening to episode 199 of the 360 Vegas podcast. Check out the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com or send us an email at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. You can ship. You can support the show when you shop at Amazon, Vegas.com, or Caesars Entertainment. Simply go to the blog, click on the corresponding banner, and go about your shopping. It's that easy to give us money without giving us money. Day after tomorrow, gentlemen, we'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a 24-hour-a-day schedule. The pool's the casino. Big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Bellagio. Riviera. The Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesars Palace, is it? On a camel. They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. Strip is just the most amazing stretch of road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. This episode has so much energy about it. I was saying, Tony read that intro like super excited. It's, well, first of all, it's 199. (laughs) We're yep. just before 200, and we intentionally set this up so this is the episode before 360 Vegas Vacation 3. So yes. the, your next episode not only is 200, it's the most epic time you'll ever have in Vegas, and we get to share It'll the exploits of the... Yeah, it's, it's going to be absolutely amazing. I am so Which, fucking pumped Are for we this. still debating, considering, are we doing a live show for the trip report? We are still debating. <laughs> and this this is really the only reason. Yeah. Uh, of, uh, everything says we should. It's going to be episode 200. It's a trip report. It's going to be tons of fun. It'll yep. be an enhanced episode. Yep. Absolutely. However, the, the one logical side general. of me, trip reports are in general are long. Yeah. Live shows in general are, are long. long. Episode 200 in general is more than, well, episode 100 was long. Uh, I, I'm like, Jesus Christ, are we going to have a four-hour show? We're going to have a fucking four-hour show. How are we going <laughs> to yeah. tolerate this? So that's, that's the only thing that's kind of holding me back. But um, we're, we're- I, that That is not a concern of mine. And I know I've said it before, <laughs> but I think it is worth repeating. The glorious thing about podcasts is you can – it's like a DVR. You watch it when it's convenient for you. You listen to it when you've got the, the time. So if you're at the gym – Maybe you've got two or three workouts worth if we do a four-hour show. I, 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 I'm not assuming we actually would do a four-hour show. But I'm or just you would do a workout. I, what, you think it'll be longer? <laughs> well, see, no, here, here's one. the thing that I'm concerned about. In all honesty, here's the real thing I'm concerned about. Ustream will only let us broadcast for three hours. And the uh, garage, <laughs> so band, stop. garage band at some point has stopped before when we have really long shows. So the real concern is we're going to have to have two broadcasts where at some point Ustream's going to be like, get off. And we're like, all right, hold on. We'll catch right up to you. Oh, here's the new broadcast. Now we're continuing. And like, I'm creating multiple files. So it's really that. You, you might have to like, just limit it to two hours and just go, okay, once we hit two, we need to stop just for safety I know, sake. I, I, at some point we're like, okay, so then we went uh, we went down to New York, New York, we ended up having breakfast there. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you off mic, I've got some ideas on how we can handle this sort of timing situation mm-hmm. because I think Karen may have a good idea about just saying we're going to be done by two hours in or whatever predetermined number we pick. Yeah. 
But I think that there's a way that we can still do both, do a trip report and do it via Ustream where we're bringing in the folks that came out to 360 Vegas Vacation 3 and they're still a part of it. Because the I think the neat thing about this, guys, is now all of a sudden the listeners get to be a part of the trip report. So all of a sudden things that we might have forgotten about or something that was in particularly in memorable to someone on the the Ustream, they put that in the chat and that becomes a part of our discussion and our yeah. conversation. So I like where our head is at, but I, I like the idea too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I like the idea of bringing in other folks and, and again, the drunk stories, different perspectives of, oh, don't you guys remember this or whatever. I think that's great. Well, I am concerned about the timing. I do I, think well, here Here's to... the idea. Uh, this just popped in my head at this, this very second. Perhaps it really is a thing where it's like, okay, we're going to record for two hours, then we will stop, then we'll record you know, the rest of the show after that. Just so it's like we know there are limitations with technology. We, we just know that. So rather than allow us to get into a situation where we're talking, well, yeah, we're having a good time. that's kind of what I was saying. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, it, and maybe it only took this moment to finally register to me. Yes, for it, it to click. Oh, yeah, my no. God. Have you seen those new TV commercials where I don't know what she says. She's like, oh, look, you can get this, buy this for only this amount of money. And immediately afterwards, uh, the guy sitting next to her says, oh, the exact same thing. You can buy this for this amount of money. She's like, it's amazing how much you never listen to me. And he goes, I know, right? <laughs> I kind of feel like we just had one of those moments. It's not that I don't listen to you. It just doesn't register all right. the time, right away. No, I, but I, now, I do the same thing with Jen. She'll be like, that's literally what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes you do have to repeat it. Like, it. it I, no, Mark, I am 100% okay. on your side on this one, man. So I, yeah. I get I get your... Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I the it. idea of just going, listen, we know there are technological limitations, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to record for two hours. Once we hit two hours, we stop. We start recording again, just so we have... Two solid files that are safe, that are fine, because nothing would be worse than us recording it at some point. Like, oh, audio just dropped, so the thing, and, and we didn't catch it an hour ago, and now sure. we've lost all this. Well, and I think the other thing we might want to do is just touch base with the folks that are actually going to be at 360 Vegas Vacations when, when they're there and say, if we did a live show at this time, well, that's a good they point. Make it's it? not like I, I will have a week to fucking advertise right. that it's going to happen. Well, yeah. and we can talk to the folks that are there, and if yeah. they're if it's a time, you know, pick maybe two time options or slots, and if it works for them, then we know we can do it. Karen, you don't know how 360 Vegas Vacation 3 is going to play out. There may be some of these people that are coming out that won't want to talk to us after the trip is over. <laughs> well, I'm just saying that that's they, a sign of good They trip. might not want to talk to you guys. Of course they're going to want to talk to me. Nice. I mean, why not? You're the level-headed I mean, one. I right? am. I really nice. am. All right, we got a great show. Let's get into it. All right. He's Mark, she's Karen, and I'm Tony. And as always, we start with Random Vegas. Despite having more than double the rooms of any other property on the Fremont Street area, Golden Nugget has the fourth smallest casino downtown and the ninth smallest of all the casinos we cover on this show at 38,000 square feet. The only properties with smaller casinos are Golden Gate, Silver Sevens, Hooters, Fremont, Hard Rock, Main Street Station, and Western Casarino. Oh, and Casino Royale, of course. In that order. Wait, hold on, hold on. The Hard Rock has a smaller casino than the Golden Nugget? Yeah. I, Karen, I thought this... When I was looking at this, I'm like, whoa, whoa, hang on. Not Hard Rock. Not... Oh, no, Fremont. I. What, no, no, no. Or am I confusing it with Binion's? 
You are confused. Minions is the one that's the whole block right. long. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, no, okay, but, okay, okay. But, but even, I'm surprised with Main Street Station um, that that was small. I, I was surprised at that, too. Sure. This is all from just research that I was curious about and did some did some extra research. Started putting some spreadsheets together out of curiosity as to the size of some of these. I know, right? I'm such a nerd. <laughs> I say, you're geekish. Oh, that's awesome. I'm that's just sitting here awesome. shaking my head going, But really? yeah, put, putting all those things together, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. It's the small. Yeah, just an idea that popped in my head, and I learned, and I'm like, i got to share this with people. That's amazing. That, oh, so you don't have to, you know, quote anybody but yourself. Just me. This info came from... I guess I guess I guess Wikipedia. I could or I could say I got this from, but I made the effort to put it all together, so it's still me. I just can't believe the hard rock is smaller. That amazes That's... me. Well, they did that that expansion, but you would assume Wiki would have updated their shit. So wait, so the D is bigger? Well, it also has two floors. Oh, that's a good call. Yeah, but still, I well, even the thought... plaza though—the fact plaza is bigger—that's interesting to me. Four queens, although four queens is pretty. Sp- four queens is long. Gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> those, are, those are some really lucky four queens. That's why there's four of them. Right. That's right. You know, te- you know, it's actually named after that guy's wife and his three daughters, right? That's why. I did not where, know that. That's where he came up with the name for four so, queens. Oh, can I tell you? All right, little segue. Little segue. I love how we got into random Vegas for like segue, like tangent. This boom. one, this one's bad. This one's sort of bad. So, and it, it reminded me because you said you know named after his wife and, and three daughters. So, uh, there's a uh, an individual that I work with that his his company name is Three Brown Girls. <laughs> oh, that's just that's now. It, it sounds awful. I, I, there, I, there's actually a reason for it yeah. because he well. Is his last name Brown? Yes. Okay. Well, that's and he has better. three daughters. That's way better. But, but he's also still African American. So just the fact oh, that he wow. named it three brown girls, I'm just like, I, I how? <laughs> but from what <laughs> I what I know of this guy, I'm, he he's a moron. He shouldn't own his own business. Like like how how often would I be sued if I named my company Three Porcelain Chicks? You know. <laughs> Well, you don't have three wives or three okay, three daughters but, uh, to name it after, uh, so you're getting into semantics. <laughs> no, I mean, I just yeah, he's like it's three brown girls, and I'm just looking at it going, uh, it, it's like you have to know his last name is Brown, and they are African American. No, it makes it worse because they're African American. Okay, but it's slightly clever, but it is still inappropriate. Oh, it's so well, inappropriate. In fairness, and and now we're really getting lost in the weeds with this. <laughs> <laughs> Brown is not a reference to the African American community. It's a reference to the Latino community. And I only learned oh, that semantics. when one of my friends, um, she was married to a, a a Latino male, and she used to return to refer to her son. I kid you not. She's go, hey brown boy, come here. Brilliant. Oh my god. And I'm like, what? Well, I don't. I don't, and she goes, well, that's, you know, typically what my husband's family refers to themselves as. And I'm like, why? She goes, well, because they're Hispanic. And I said, is that a loving term? And she said, well, we use it that way, but traditionally not really. You know, it's funny. Italians refer to themselves as bronze. Oh, that's, (laughs) I had no idea. Uh, okay, I'm sorry I even brought this up. We need to move on. I just found it when you when you said four queens, it reminded me of that, and I just I, I once the first time I heard that name, I'm like, that is the worst oh, thing oh, ever. I'm really sorry about Uh-oh. that. Not at all. Cooper. Cooper. 
And Tony just walked away. Um, I think Tony, he hit. I think he hit mute. He cut the mic. I know. We want I, I did cut the mic. I don't Cooper. know. He's trapped in the bedroom here with me, and he hears my wife <laughs> doing doing her something, and I don't know why she's not coming for him. Hey. She, it, it's okay. What's that about? Why did he start barking? I think just. Because he's a dog. Oh, oh. So look at here's this. what happened. Look Cooper this, heard Jen talking to the cat. Nice. There will be none of that. No, absolutely. You <laughs> will speak only to me. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move into Twit Pick of the Week. Never in her history has she looked so vibrant and colorful. Not even in Legoland. But who cares? The world can be drab enough. Why not add a splash of color, especially to one of the properties? in most need of it, at LV Gully wins this week for a quality photograph and the skill to capture a view. I'm sure I've seen near 100 times and yet have never seen it so stunning in picture. Bally's is the awkward girl in high school that you only need to spend some time inside her to find out that she's one of the cooler chicks you've ever met. Cheers to the hot ones who don't know how hot they are. The only way dudes like me had a shot. <laughs> I love when you don't read the notes. <laughs> that was one of those ones I was writing, and I'm like, there's nothing funny here. And and, and that came to me like, boom, winner. <laughs> I, I am not opposed to any post-photography uh, editing, especially if you... Yeah, I thought this was beautiful. <laughs> You're right. This is clearly a doctored picture. Enhanced. But enhanced. it is... What did we call it? Enhanced. Oh, excuse me. Enhanced. <laughs> but it's it's gorgeous. This is... Don't you, you wish valleys really look like that? <laughs> no, uh-uh. Which is unfortunate. <laughs> I wish they would put a little bit of money into it to make it look like that, because that actually looks clean and refreshing. That's what he and said, not... Tony, was don't you wish it actually looked like that? Oh. Wow, what? Whatever. Let's not get caught in actual words. Antics. <laughs> You're so pesky. But... This coming from a lawyer. Don't get caught up in words. Okay. <laughs> Tales. <laughs> Well, then, as always, we'll link to the photo on our blog and feature it on all of our social media outlets, such as Flickr, Pinterest, Facebook, Google+, and Twitter. Let's move into the news. Can't wait to talk about this one, man. The Flamingo Renovation Plans. The Las Vegas Sun is reporting that Flamingo will begin a top-to-bottom $100 million renovation to the property in December. The grand plan is for completion in time for their 75th anniversary on the Las, on the Las Vegas Strip in 2021. More excitingly, the plans are to transform the property into, quote, a modernized, state-of-the-art version of the original. That opened in 1946. The Art Deco look will be reimagined, of course aimed at attracting millennials, complete with the addition of a nightclub by Victor Dre. That's actually concerning, right? The most concerning thing? Yeah, for sure it is. Yeah. Memorabilia and photos from Glory Days Past, the Rat Pack, etc., etc., are expected to be a part of the decor. Celebrity chefs, who I'm sure are thrilled about this, will be added to the dining option at the property, and all 3,626 rooms 
will be renovated over the five-year project without closing the entire time, which is interesting because within the last five years, they've already renovated many of them. Well, rooms. yeah, I was going to say we've stayed in a renovated room. Yep. The details and official announcement are coming this fall because Caesars Entertainment wants to focus on the 50th anniversary celebration for Caesars Palace. I will be the first to chime in and say that the Flamingo Hotel and Casino is one of my absolute most favorite locations on the Strip. I love the property. The dining is shit. I love the property. Fair enough. Fair enough. I respect that. Well, However, I love the location of the property, and I love... The gaming's great. The gaming's good. It's good. It's not great. You're right. It's good. It, but it's it's as good as any of the other Caesars Entertainment sure. yeah. properties. Yeah. Right. And I the rooms, love Honestly, the, the rooms are feel. bad. Unless you're I staying in a go room. No. The look of it. I just... I'm elated. When I read this, I read this with such close attention to detail of each of the bullet points. Are you kidding me? Memorabilia and photos from the glory days past like the Rat Packer expected to be a part of the decor? Come on. Brilliant move, Caesars Palace, or Caesars Entertainment. Way to take what is, I would say, arguably the oldest I'm not making sure I'm running because it the is Riviera the is closed. So it's, it's the old. It, it was. It opened. It, it's the third property that ever opened in Vegas. The first was El Rancho. The second was the New Frontier. It is the oldest property on the Strip. And the fact that they're they're going to give a tip of the hat to their original heyday because I've often thought to myself how cool would that be to be able to walk into the Flamingo the way it was the day that it opened. And the fact that, that it looks like that's the direction that they're moving in may, may, then this is a bold statement I'm willing to concede, may make Flamingo my number one go-to haunt every time I go to Vegas. It's, that's a big statement, so it, I'll wait and see how it actually, if they p- can pull it off. It, but as much as I already love the casino, this seems like I, I couldn't have asked for anything better. We've said many times one of our favorite places to just end up is Bugsy's Bar. And yes. it's, it's, it's that concept. It's like if you can somehow take that concept and spread it throughout the rest of the property. I'm excited about this, too. I'd love to see the return of the Champagne Tower. I'd love to see the return of the giant uh, uh, splash in the water. I don't know what they called it. The, the big giant feather uh, explosion uh, signage. I, I, I'm so curious how they're going to take a property that only had like 200 rooms when it opened and and modernize it so it now has almost 3,500, <laughs> but still kind of looks like that place. I'm excited about this concept. I hope they pull it off. And the reason I'm excited about it is Link. I'm trying to forget what they did with Grand Bazaar. Mm, I got gotcha. you. They I did gotcha. good with Cromwell. They did go good with Cromwell. So, uh, Except for the douches that hang out there. Well, it's well, not their fault. Unfortunately, so, right. Uh, two, well, two things. First okay. off, when you say that we you know, always want to end up at Bugsy's Bar, we only ever want to end up there if we're staying at Flamingo because we know we're, we're right there. By the way. Otherwise, we have never said, where do you want to go? Ooh, Bugsy's Bar. Okay, That's not, never not, been. Not we. I meant me and Tony. Oh, I had no idea. Well, I'm sorry. Did I make I you do we that? Because we. that's because Jen and I will say, let's go to hang out at Bugsy's no, Bar. No, no, you, you didn't make us do it. Depending on our location, I, I will always end up at Bugsy's Bar. Uh, depending on the location, I love Bugsy's Bar. That's where I spend a significant... As a matter of fact, uh, Matt and I spent a good four or five hours at Bugsy's Bar at 360 Vegas Vacation Oh, so one. when you met me, when you said we, you meant every, anybody but me. <laughs> that's correct. That's okay. yes. correct. Just, yes. just being clear. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then number two, my other concern is... If they're going to dump all this money into it. So right now, Flamingo is a great location, cheap price, you know, easy to get to. 
They're going to do the renovation. Are they going to do what they did with Cromwell and jack the prices? Well, they will increase them, of course. I mean, well, I, I, there's Cromwell's an aspect gotten of that really that's expensive. Not... Link has gotten. I mean, it's obviously not the the dirt hole that it that it used to be. So they've increased you the mean prices IP? accordingly. Yeah. But it's still not expensive by any. I mean, you're not going to get rooms for 35 bucks anymore. No, but you know, you, you you're going to pay more to enjoy something like that. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. Hey, give I'm, it a I'm, chance, Karen. It's, give it a chance. It's this could Caesars. be. I'm skeptical. Uh, well, and that's and, and that's the biggest. Oh, that's the umbrella concern is: are they going to chintz out at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I still haven't seen the rooms at Link. I'm no, they're all right. They're, they're nice. It. They're nice. They clearly didn't do much to the old Imperial Palace. Well, so that's what has me worried, Tony. Well, we have a story coming well, up about that, so both right. of you are wrong. All right, all right. Well, fine. We'll, we'll, we will get there soon enough. Tell me about John L. Smith, homemaker, resigns from the... No? Come on. You guys should really appreciate that being from Chicago. I have no idea what that means. John L. Smith, homemaker. We're not originally no? from Chicago. No, We're transients. You're, that commercial no wasn't running that when we were there. Yeah. Whatever. Okay, that's, no, that's it's, fair. It's that the, was that was a flooring. commercial from my childhood. That's, that's, See, you guys got to remember for the for the who's your one friend of the of the listener that absolutely loves the the Four Winds Casino that I that I give her such crap for for loving the Four Winds down in New Buffalo. It's down in the southwest corner of Ingrid? Michigan, and when you live in the southwest southwest corner of Michigan, at least in the 80s when I was growing up, you got one, maybe two stations that were directly from Chicago, and we used to watch all of the Chicago commercials. I had no idea what 588-2300 Empire yeah. was be only a, but for the, the yep. commercial. Yeah, 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 but we didn't have that in Michigan, and I don't think we even had it in South Bend, Indiana. But we got the commercials that came from from Chicago. So I remember, and here's what's super creepy about it. Anybody that sees these commercials today, they've got this cartoony computer-generated yep. fellow guy. Yep. that use that is a a computerized version or a a animated version of the real life guy that was their spokesperson for decades. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But he's been dead now for decades, and so they're using his likeness as a cartoon character. To hawk commercials, that are, are carpeting. All right, so nine people that know what the fuck you were talking about. I, you know what the worst part is? Ninety-nine percent of listeners are not going to get it, but Gloria, who goes to Four Winds, she's gonna love that reference. See, I just endeared myself to her. To so one out of how many? I actually All think right. her name is Ingrid. You dick. Oh, there you go. <laughs> You've endeared yourself to no one. <laughs> no. As a matter of fact, and, she hates me. And right, I know. Right. her. Right. <laughs> John L. Smith resigns from the RJ. Well-known journalist. Possibly more for when his writings are less than popular views on Vegas who's who, past and present, both in the RJ and in his various books. It was announced this week that John L. Smith has resigned from the Review Journal. The reason? The new owner. Las Vegas Sands owner and former plaintiff against something Smith wrote about him in one of his books, Sheldon Adelson. More specifically, the paper's new editor informed Smith that he could no longer write about Sheldon Adelson. Standing up for his journalistic integrity, shortly after it was announced that Adelson purchased the Review Journal, Smith wrote that Sheldon was, quote, precisely the wrong person to own this or any newspaper. This is far from the first time the two have had issues. In fact, 
Sheldon sued Smith into bankruptcy for something he wrote in his book, Sharks in the Desert. The case was eventually awarded to Smith. To be fair, John L. Smith is pretty accustomed to being sued every time he puts a book out. Steve Wynn attempted to sue him for something he wrote in his book, Scared Straight. But again, John eventually won that one as well. Bob Stupak wasn't too happy with John's book on him, No Limit, The Rise and Fall of Bob Stupak. Mostly just the title, as Bob argued. The goal was to build Stratosphere, and even though it required him losing the property for that to happen, Stratosphere still got built. So, so his argument is, even though I lost, I really won. Yeah, I don't think I fell. No, I did what I yeah. wanted to. Yeah. That's kind of a, a Trumpism right there. <laughs> oh, no, no, that... That makes me great. No. That makes me great. That's please. Okay, we we have to refrain from speaking of that man. Right. We're going to hear way too much about him in all other aspects of our lives for That's the next fair. few months. That's all right. Fair. So clearly, this isn't good. I mean, this is this is kind of the gross part of wealth is that you can buy media and manipulate it. But luckily, we live in a world where blogs and social media and shit like that happen. So, you know, if if we lost the RJ has a credible source of information. I think we're going to be fine. You got the sun, you got bloggers, you got fucking so we're, we're going to be okay. Well, no, and what I like about this guy, so Steve Wynn sued him. Steve lost. I think he eventually just bailed on the idea. Well, that's fine, but, it, I mean, but Steve's yeah, got some money never, to put behind they, it. They've never won. So, yeah, no, they've no never won against him, and yeah. he's gone after some big names in Vegas. So I yeah. give this guy credit. He's obviously done his research and homework before he publishes something. Mm -hmm. So good for him. Do I understand why the new editor says you can't write about Sheldon Adelson? Because his boss said to. <laughs> right. I get that. So I get him quitting, but I don't think that's going to mean that he, he'll he find another way to publish and, and get his I, I wouldn't be surprised considering how long The Sun and The RJ have been rivals. Would not surprise me one second if The Sun snatches okay, him up. Sun. Just to be, just a big fuck you to the RJ. But Not I mean, like they'll give a shit. This guy has a, a proven track record. He's I, gone there after are many of his names. books right behind me. He's gone after big Several names and they've held up. So you have to give this guy a shitload of credit. I, I'm not even a big fan of his opinions on, on many of things, but yeah. I respect the, the work that he puts into into his, his writings. And like I said, he obviously does a good job if yeah. he's been sued by these guys with buco bucks. And he doesn't stop. And either one... Or, you know, was dismissed, and he eventually he's still fucking going. won the one against Sheldon Aslan. Sheldon wouldn't back off, and he eventually won. Well, there you go. Yeah. You May mean? I be the contrarian? Of course. Oh, here we go. Lawyer it up. <laughs> <laughs> Lawyer it up. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, first of all, I'm, I I don't live in a vacuum, and I appreciate the fact that. You want to have someone like John L. Smith's opinion out there, and, and it, it, it helps to have the other side of the story, right? However, there's a part of me that believes that this guy relished the fact that he could be like that guy, and we all have that coworker. We've all got that coworker who thinks that they could do everything better from what the manager does to the division lead to the CEO. To me, there's a part of me that thinks that this guy loved the thought that he could stick his thumb in the eye of the owner, and he could be that guy. Oh, uh, oh, hold on, Tony. I'm going to stop you before you, you put your uh, your foot in your mouth here. Have you ever read any of John L. Smith's books? 
I think I've got the one about the rise and fall of Bob Stupak. Yeah. So, so what he traditionally gets in trouble for are the things that that these people have to do to ascend or to to create what it is they create. The things that they don't necessarily like to. They don't want aired out in public. Yeah, or 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 it could be up for interpretation. That's one of the things that I've had an issue with some of his writing. So it isn't necessarily that he likes, um, although I am sure he enjoys. uh, Oh, there's an ego part of this. Make no mistake, because you're not going to take on these big name guys without having an ego. But I mean, he's he's not a guy going. That's not how you do it. He's kind of like, do you know how he did it? What a dick. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know if he was a dick, but. (laughs) But, but, all right, so uh, fine. Uh, let me allow me to to amend my 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 statement. <laughs> I'm of the opinion that this guy likes to think that he can be the he's the smartest guy in the room. That's how I should have phrased it. I think John L. Smith thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. Now you hit the nail on the head. Yep. Now yep. you got it. And so I, I don't I, I listen in 2016. This guy's gonna have. A ton of options. Although I thought that the RJ recently, or not recently, a few years ago, bought the Sun. I think they're they might be two sides of the same coin. Not that the Sun couldn't in, independently hire him, but I, there's and you know who would know is is either Ted or Scott. Right, those right. those folks might. But regardless, uh, listen. You know what? It's, it's hard for me to feel bad for this guy because. I don't think that he's not going to land on his feet. And I, frankly, I, I he totally, may find up he may find out that when he falls, he falls up. He doesn't fall down. I, I totally no, 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 agree no, with you, Tony. This guy is that guy that that his entire his entire uh, concept of himself is I'm the guy that tells it the right way. Like this is right. the real, I, I'm the crusader here, which is why I've had some issue with some of his writings. Like I listen, if you're disclosing shit that the, people don't want to know, that's that's brave of you. That's good for you. Good for you for getting out there and researching it. But when you throw a bit of your own judgment in there, like I don't, I don't need that. Just just put it out there. I'll fucking read. It. You 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 nailed him. From from my opinion, obviously I don't know the fucking guy, but you nailed him from all the books I've read from him, the articles I've read in the RJ. You nailed him. It's he's very much the smartest guy in the room. And oh, listen, listen, see this guy. It's, I, I'm going to tell you why it's wrong. Like, That's yes, yes. Like nobody, but for him, you would be completely in the dark. Yeah, that you that, need him yeah. to explain it to you. Yep, you got so. it. And and I don't disagree with any of that. I haven't read any of his stuff. I don't know this guy. I'm just saying if he took on some of the biggest names in a court of law. And they've never won against him. Either he won or it was dismissed. You gotta give the guy some credit. That's all I'm saying. I, I'm not saying he's not a judgmental prick, his yeah, ego yeah. isn't a mile wide. But there's not many journalists that can do that. No, especially right. to publish an entire book about somebody and still be able to get away with it. That's all I'm saying. No, you're right. I have no doubt he's an egomaniac I, and asshole. I, I, I fully believe this is this is probably Sheldon Adelson going, I couldn't sue you, although I sued you into fucking bankruptcy. And I can't fire you So it's without... like, go fuck yourself. Well, no. I'm just going to piss you so off from, enough. From, from Sheldon's standpoint, I can't fire you because then I, you know, you'll get unemployment. So if you quit, eh, have huh, fun with right, that. Right, right. Go ahead. Yep. No, that's that's a fair point, Karen. That's, that's a very astute observation. You're right. Every now and then I have one. (laughs) Tell me about the Fremont fascism. Last week, the beauty bar, located on Fremont Street, across from where Insert Coins used to be, 
ruffled a few feathers for those who don't have the ability to tell the difference between real life and a joke. Using a chalkboard to advertise their specials, Beauty Bar also wrote, quote, I like my beer like I like my violence. Domestic. The, if I don't like it, no one is allowed to tyrants voice their opposition to the sign, and it was eventually taken down. The controversy was so that some band no one has ever heard of moved their show from the beauty bar to the place next door. That might get us in the papers. And it did. It did. Las Vegas Weekly reached out to Marlene Richter, executive director of the Shade Tree Shelter for Women, for a quote, and she said, quote, We have to say this is not okay. Domestic violence is not okay. Being comical about it is not okay. Now, before I begin, let me make perfectly clear, we are very much against any form of domestic violence. Only a vile savage would hit a woman. Let's be honest, violence is how animals settle disputes. The sort of animals who aren't intelligent enough to develop language. It's completely inexcusable and outrageous minimum sentence laws used for drug violations in this country should be applied to those that commit domestic violence. I also support adding mandatory anal rapings on top of those sentences. What we're about to talk about are the pretentious cunts that have no sense of humor. And when I say cunt, it's not, it's got nothing to do with the fact that she's a woman, only a valueless tool holding back societal evolution, as well as helping to make the world a worse place by oppressing it of any form of joy they don't agree with. What kind of arrogant mongoloid do you have to be to try and force your opinion on somebody? I'm not trying to stop you from having your opinion, but how dare you for judging the sense of humor of others? I'm not trying to tell you to stop being religious because there is no God or you should like football over baseball. I don't give a fuck what you do. I just hope it makes you happy and it doesn't hurt other people. But if you honestly think someone is looking at this sign and saying, oh wait, the joke on this board seems to indicate that it's cool to commit domestic violence, so now I'm going to go home and, and, and hit my wife. You're an idiot and deserve to die of the most painful, embarrassing rectal cancer in recorded history, broadcast commercial-free on YouTube. This sign wasn't advocating the real thing. It was a joke via wordplay. I think Daniel Tosh said it best when he said, and I'm paraphrasing, if you've ever said any form of this, there's nothing funny about blank. Any form of that, know that I hate you to your core. Because I, along with some of you, respectfully disagree. You can be sensitive about social issues and still have a sense of humor about it. Now, I'm not asking you to agree with me that it's funny, but don't make it a fucking crusade to force your opinion on other people. The worst thing that chalkboard and beauty bar are guilty of are making a bad joke, and that is simply up for interpretation. If you don't like it, don't laugh, ignore it, and don't patronize that business. Don't force your opinion on me, you fascist. I practiced that so many times this week. I, I, wanted, I wanted to fucking God throat punch it. <laughs> 
And, and believe me, that was tamed down from what it was the first time we went through it. Oh, there have been many versions yeah. of this. <laughs> so your, your thoughts. I, I, I cannot say it any better than I wrote it. Your thoughts. Tony, do you want to go first or do you want me to? I think you should. So two thoughts. The first was when you first showed me the board, <laughs> you're like, just look at this and let me know what you think. And I'm like, what board special? But, oh, oh. And I had that I had that initial reaction of, oh, shit, that's not appropriate. And then you left. It was funny. <laughs> it was funny, but it wasn't appropriate. So I don't have an issue with the board in general. I But I also assume the best in everybody. So you kind of look at that and go, eh, it's kind of funny. I'm going to throw a twist to you that I didn't I'm not saying of. I'm not saying the people who were concerned about this joke shouldn't have reached out to police and be like, I want to keep an eye on the guys over here. Well, yeah, maybe the owners of the place <laughs> right, you might right. want to keep that an eye. That was kind of funny, but you Check might want to keep an eye on them. Right. Weird. No, but I, I had to stop and think about it for a second. And this is the weird balance, I think, in our country, because I agree if you're offended about something, it doesn't mean I have to I, I have to stop doing it or I, I can't see it. It's like, great, you're offended. Who gives a shit? Move on. That's fine. Fuck that company. You don't give them any of your, your attention. Right. But there's one part of this that I have to I have to stop and take another twist at. So this was domestic violence. Okay. Yeah. Beating your wife, whatever. What Hot if topic it, in the last year. What if it was something along a racial line? So they're saying, you know, the only good beer is the ones that are darkest and black or light and white or something like that. And you went to a, a racial aspect of it. Mm-hmm. There is a very fine line. And not even just in today's society, but and again, maybe because we're here in Memphis and we have the Civil Rights Museum here and you've seen some of the stuff that they put out. There's a very fine line between something that's funny and something is just wrong. I disagree. And, and I don't know where this one falls. I, I'm, I'm just throwing a wrinkle in there. If this had been more along racial lines, it might have been a different take on what they put out there. I Again, I, I saw it. I went, oh, shit, and then I laughed. I, I did. I laughed. I, I thought it was funny. Here, here's here's where, I, where I argue that. If they said something on the other that I didn't think it was funny, but like, or, or even I thought it was offensive, I'm like, those guys are dicks. We're never going there. But, but we're never going there. It's not us that we have to worry about. It's the crazy nut jobs that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say his name, Tony, that are voting for Trump <laughs> that would find this and, like, gravitate towards this. And that's the part that I'm concerned the about. the police shouldn't typecast them and keep an eye on them. I'm not saying that. <laughs> I, I just, I, there's, there's such an aspect of today's society where there are some people, I don't think this bar was it because I thought the sign was funny. But there are some people that try to slide stuff in as humor, knowing there's actually an undertone to it. Karen, I- I'm going to be dead honest with you. I think police should be watching va- basically everything I do. <laughs> like the shit that, <laughs> that I say on this show and do, you should be keeping an eye on me. But I'm not concerned. Because oh, but I am. I'm and not, you try it, but I got I'm not you. fucking doing anything wrong. I have a really fucked up sense of humor. But I'm not to be concerned with. But it wouldn't offend me in the slightest if I somehow found out, oh, police have been monitoring you for the last decade. Like, oh, probably should. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying the same thing. So, again, to your point, there was stuff that you found offensive that you didn't gravitate towards. You wouldn't. Other people would. And that's the part that concerns me the more that I've thought about it. Because I, we've got some really, with social media being what it is, 
A hot topic can, can catch fire, especially with the uneducated, and that sounds awful to say, but all they need is a tagline to rally behind, and they're off and running. And I just, I feel like we've got to be a little more sensitive to that in general. I'm not saying not funny. There's a, hold on. No, don't. You're getting pissy with me. There's a difference if you know it's a comedic sense where you're, you're talking, joking, laughing with friends and stuff. This is advertising it outside of business. All I'm saying is there's an aspect of today's society that is so Neanderthalic that they can rally around that and move on. So here's a concept that you and I have argued about before that you've never been a fan of. I think the most important part of freedom of speech is protecting the unpopular freedom of speech. I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I, I, I don't disagree with that at all. What I'm saying is there has to be an aspect of... Uh, just look at this and say... Uh, okay. Like I said, I, I'm not saying that you shouldn't There's a typecast these people and be like... There's a difference between freedom of speech and... Okay, this, so uh, people... Like, like, I, I don't give a shit if they're just hanging out, videotaping people, and they got thought it was funny. we got to watch him. we got to watch him for now on. I, I don't have an issue with that at all. But I, 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 limiting somebody from doing something or, or, or restricting, like, well, we got to be careful. No, we don't have to be careful. No, no, we don't have to be careful. No, you're about to see that. Trump's going to get elected, or at least a nomination. Well, I'm then elected. we're going to get to see the end of the world. Woo! Yes, we will. Tony, your thoughts? We live in such a society that these days where there is basically nothing you can say that isn't going to be deemed racist, sexist, yep. homophobe. Yep. There's nothing you can say anymore. We've lost the political correctness war. As a society, I think the reason why individuals like Daniel Tosh, Lisa Lampanelli, these individuals who are, quote unquote, Amy Schumer, uh, Amy Schumer, yeah. who are offensive, who, who are insult comics, do so well in 2016 is because we live in a world where we are so afraid to say anything that could potentially offend anyone for any reason that when you see things like this chalkboard sign, you don't agree with it, but you go, wow, that's remarkably refreshing. And that is the reason why Donald Trump is doing as well as he is today, because people are so tired of having to be afraid to say anything because you're going to be deemed a racist or a sexist or a homophobe. And so the difference, though, in my opinion, between how is this, I like my beer like I like my violence joke, any different than making a racist joke, is the main difference is you have no control over what color your skin is on the day that you are born. You have 100% control over how you behave when you are angry and it, that anger is brought on by someone that is, and it doesn't even have to be of the opposite sex. It could be, you know, um, uh, male on male domestic yeah, violence. Yeah, yeah. So, the the from that in that regard my attitude is well a, a racist joke is based on something that the 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 person who was the brunt of that joke had no control over 
or, or at least the person who's being ignorant about that person's skin color. You know, that person had no control over that. You're making a decision to hit somebody that you allegedly love right. because either you need to control them or you're angry or whatever the situation might be. But but that's getting, in my opinion, lost in the in the in the in the minutia. Taking the thirty thousand feet overview, you know, I I've said on this show a handful of occasions, I am fiercely pro-life, and yet I have no problem saying holy shit, that joke was a complete abortion or that project <laughs> should have been aborted before it was even conceived. Things like that. Right. And the idea there is sometimes you can be, you can say things. And, and Mark, I, I, I guess I am more inclined to agree with you that we the ACLU has lost their the goal in life, their mission. It used to be, we're going to protect whatever crazy shit you want to say. It may not be popular, but you know what? Under the First Amendment right, you should have that right to be as crazy as you want. And that's gone now. They've even conceded that that war. I just think that in a scenario like this, there is no way Beauty Bar didn't know what they were doing when they posted that. Mm -hmm. And they went for exactly what they're getting right now. A couple of drunk yahoos, and I'll speak for myself, some (laughs) idiot in Michigan who's consumed damn near a half bottle of bourbon at this point is pontificating wildly about the significance of their chalkboard in today's culture. Mm -hmm. So... That is my that is my my rant and that is my opinion. I do I go oh that's funny and totally inappropriate. Absolutely. Yeah. Have you guys said things to me that to me is offensive but I still find funny? Absolutely. Mm. Because at some point you've got to be able to say you have to separate what's humor and is intended to be humorous from the the serious gravity of the situation. I I 100% agree with that. To me, everything, everything is about intent. Everything. Such a serious subject. But Tony, I will say this before we wrap up. I appreciate your perspective on this because you really brought a whole other side of that that, again, there's no right or wrong in this. Well, there might be right and wrong in this story, but it's another perspective that I really appreciate because it was different than what I thought about. I'm assuming what Mark had thought about. So thanks, Tony. Well, my pleasure. Now, let's go back to something totally bubblegum and lollipop and tell me about the pinball hall expanding. For those that bemoaned its perceived eminent demise following the UK article in which the Pinball Hall of Fame owner shared he is looking for an heir apparent, he reassured readers of the RJ that not only is he not going anywhere, he even shared the hall has been in talks with the owners of the land next door to build a much larger attraction, four times the size of the current. Owner Tim Arnold admitted that the attraction is intensely popular. He even shared it amazes him that even faced with the million-dollar Fountains of Bellagio and Volcano at Mirage, people keep coming back to the edge of time to play these machines. If you've enjoyed the additional content available in the UK article we shared, you've got to check out the RJs. It is infinitely better 
I've earmarked this as something I've got to do during my time in Vegas, post 360 Vegas Vacation 3. As, as we've spoke about, I'm a big pinball fan. This, this is exciting, encouraging, and I'm glad it was clarified. I, I don't know if you give a fuck about pinballs. Uh, I, the last I heard, you, you didn't. Are you asking me? Yeah, I'm talking or, to you. I know, oh. I know Karen likes pinball machines. We already had this conversation, don't we? Hey, hey, listen. Sometimes when you go, what do you think about that? I'm like, well, I don't I, I don't know who he's looking at. Is he staring at the microphone when he says that? We got a cam up for now on. <laughs> Here's the deal. I don't actually give a hoot about the pinball hall one way or the other. In the same way that I don't give a hoot about Beatles love and, and you know, all the other things that are right, non-gambling right. and drinking related. However, and this is somewhat breaking news for you. My brother-in-law, Jeff, that you got to meet, or step-brother-in-law, oh, Jeff, that you got so to meet much. down in Louisville, uh, who, God love him, has been unemployed for over a year now. Uh, but don't worry, he got a fat-ass, uh, what do you call that when you get let go? Severance. Severance. Check. So he's he's not hurting for money. But at any rate, he's coming out. He is coming out. That is the breaking news for you. He said, I absolutely want to be, because this is going to be his first time in Vegas ever. And he's coming out for 360 Vegas. Nice. And he did it because he got to hang out and meet you in Louisville. Well, let's be honest, Tony. People gravitate towards me. <laughs> One of the things that he had uh, denoted to me was because he's not much of a gambler, this Pinball Hall of Fame is on his to-do list at some Ooh. point. He said, you know, he's he's going over the, the, the Vegas Vacation 3 agenda or itinerary, and he said, I'll, you know, I'll find a, an opportunity to just kind of sneak away. People may not even know that I'm, I'm gone, but he said, this Pinball Hall of Fame is absolutely on my to-do list. I can't wait to check this out. So there's clearly a draw for individuals to do this. Uh, part of the problem was I'm a little too young for pinball machines and second of all it's not gambling you know what if i could gamble on the pinball machine then maybe it'd be a different story but i get that there are people that dig this and i i love it and that's you know that's very cool i i'm glad that it's not closing it's another thing in vegas that i love seeing being successful you know what i i think it is tony is people i know jeff jeff and i had extended conversations in louisville and both jeff and i are both gamers and i think it's very similar to doing something retro, doing something like you like playing video games, like, oh my God, do you want to play old video games? Oh my God, remember, there's a real ball in there. Oh my God, look at this, this is crazy. I think that's what it is. I think it's that that stepping back in time to be like, going, this is how video games started. It was this crazy little tilted tilted uh, board that had these little paddles and, and, a, and a rolling ball, and you're like, this is a game. It's a game. <laughs> so I, I get it. When I originally read the UK article, I thought they were closing down, and I'm like, I, I've got to get to this thing before they shut down. I'm thrilled to hear that not only are they not going anywhere, they might be expanding, but it is still very high on my list of things. Like, i got to get down there, man. i I got, I got to check that shit out. Just fucking Uber it. <laughs> Absolutely. This is something that does legitimately excite me and intrigue me very much. The monorail is expanding. The often talked about expansion to the Las Vegas monorail seems to be finally becoming, and they are starting small and practical. But listen to the grim details about how it will be funded. Quoting from the RJ, quote, Clark County commissioners voted Tuesday to allow the Las Vegas monorail company to pull from investment earnings on the $6 million account put in place to pay for its demise should it ever fail? 
What that means is <laughs> they put aside $6 million to demolish the thing when it in- inevitably fails, and it's earning interest. <laughs> so the plan is to take $1.9 million in interest off of their eminent demise <laughs> and secure a design and the cost to expand down to Mandalay Bay. Then they will go to the bond market for financing. Las Vegas Monorail will also have to pay back the money that they borrowed from the eminent demise fund with interest. Estimated cost to expanding to Mandalay just last year was $100 million. Thoughts? I have them. I'm going to hear yours first. I don't understand how it costs $100 million to expand the monorail from the MGM where it ends currently to go across the strip yeah. and across Tropicana. That that boggles my mind that that could cost $100 million. Especially all the empty space. Like, let's, let's, just yeah. say, let's just say all you did is go straight, uh, like MGM over to Tropicana, and then you just turn at the last second to get to, to Mandalay. There's fucking nothing past Tropicana. Nothing. Do, do you nothing. Think, do you think those monorail cars to date are built to turn? Well, they can, they can generally, no. they can they generally do, turn coast. General. Look at the, the little weaves in the, the monorail to now. There's no turn. Okay, uh, when I say turn, I meant I meant casual off to the right. Yeah, it's not a 45 degree. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking well, about no. pulling a fucking What I'm saying is they're going to have to cross Las Vegas Boulevard to get to Mandalay, which so? is the dumbest thing. Well, to build the bridge, no. I'm not saying it's, it's the most expensive part of it. To build the support structure to make sure that thing can go back and forth across Las Vegas Boulevard, not collapse or fall down. And then how is it going to dock at Mandalay? And you've got to expand the whole turnaround. Because right now, the, they just turn around in a little circle and come back. It, I don't think, Karen, I don't think yeah, it turns I, around. I completely have no idea where you're going with this. It already does a turn that, that is reasonably tight considering right. it goes to the ends of there. This just really seems like an extension. This should be nothing. This should be simple. No, it's not going to be simple. Well, regardless, yeah. my point is we're, we're I think this is this. absolutely wonderful. I am a huge fan of expanding the monorail. I is As much as I may bitch about the fact that you have to walk, you know, three miles through a casino to finally get to the damn monorail itself because it sits so far back, I still would do it. I would do it in a heartbeat. If I didn't have to exit MGM Grand and go across the street and then go across the street again and then get on a different damn tram to get down to the Mandalay Bay, absolutely I would do this. Then this is only the beginning. If they can get it to MGM Grand, then all of a sudden they're at least potentially on that property area where McCarran Airport is, assuming they're, they're not going to cross it at, at New York, New York, and then across to Cal- Excalibur. That would be ridiculous. If they're on that property, all of a sudden now they're there and that at least gets a tiny little toehold into McCarran Airport. I am a huge fan of this. I think this should absolutely be done. And frankly, with Uber now at McCarran, I don't know why Clark County commissioners aren't even more inclined to allow 
this the monorail to, to pick and drop off individuals at the McCarran, but that's that's a different fight. I love this. I am 100% on board. I could not be more excited about this possibility. I, I agree. I think it's super clever. One of the things we've always complained about with Mandalay Bay is that it's too South Strip. When you make that connection, it changes the game a bit. It changes the game. You have a little bit more mobility. If you're like, oh, fucking I'm down here. Well, I'll hop on the monorail, and then we'll get we'll get so, up to the to rest of it. So that point, Mandalay has a plus and minus here. They're not sure how to how to balance. So right now, folks that are staying at Mandalay, it's too far to go anywhere else. So they spend the bulk of their time at Mandalay. If now mm, they can hop mm, on the monorail, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they can get to oh. a boatload of other places. Now, the flip side of that yeah. is it's easier for everybody else to get to, to Mandalay. Right. There's point Karen. I, I'll give that point to Karen. Yay, What's better? Tony what, gave me a point. What would you rather have? Would you rather have the your guests trapped at your place? Yep. Or would you rather have it opened up to all the other guests potentially coming into your place? Well, yep. well and here's, here, here's the flip to that. It ain't fucking Mandalay's choice. MGM owns them. Well, I they know. will decide. They will, but but I think MGM also has to decide that because Mandalay has an image and a presence and a they're known for certain things. So do you want to open that up to a bigger audience or do you want to risk losing the folks that stay there and spend a shitload of money there? I would argue they lose more money from people like us who won't go there because it's too south than it is people who will just go down there and be like, oh, fuck, we're just going to stay in it. They may. I don't... I'm just saying, there, there's a big debate there. I agree. And on top of that, Tony, something I didn't include in this is they did ask one of the PR people for the monorail about an expansion to McCarran. And they said that is definitely in the works. However, it made more financial sense to make this expansion to show that it is successful before making such a big leap to McCarran. Wait, so the monorail itself isn't successful, right? So it is more successful than what you see. Here's 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 the real. <laughs> it's all relative. Hold on. Here's the <laughs> real issue, uh, right on the table, is that unfortunately, the monorail came out as the Great Recession happened. So sure. they put twenty million into that thing, or whatever the fuck it was. Uh, they had like twenty it had million. Had to be more than twenty. It was going to cost a hundred million to connect it. Yeah, what article did I read that said that it had 20 million that was outstanding? Regardless, whatever it is, they put all the fucking money in there and the Great Recession happened right at the worst fucking time possible that it could happen. But they have said since their bankruptcy holdings that it has shown steady gains, that people are kind of getting, fuck, even we've done it more. Like, we've kind of gone like, oh, no, no, yeah, I mean, especially if we're staying South Strip and we want to go, like, you know, for an instance, like, we have plans to check out Bizarre Me while we're there. We're definitely fucking monorailing that shit down well, there. Yeah. I mean, why would you not? So it really, like, we have we've started to cater our trips around the idea of like going, okay, so if we're staying South Strip, when do we really want to jump around the strip? Oh, it's going to be this day and this day. Okay, well, let's go get a 24 or 48 hour monorail pass then. We get it through my Vegas. So well, yeah, but, yeah. but that's that's just to buy one get one free though. Yeah, that's right. Listen, I uh, this is not a this is not a way for me to pat myself on the back by the compliment I'm about to give you. But here we go. (laughs) I couldn't be more elated that this particular Vegas Vacation 3 trip is South Strip centric. Mark, I've said this to you before. Karen, I've probably said this to you. Listeners, you may not know this. In the probably two dozen times in the last 10 years that I've been traveling to Vegas, this will be the first time in those 
24-ish trips that I've ever done a truly South Strip trip exclusively. I have never stayed more further South than Planet Hollywood, and I only stayed in Planet Hollywood for the first time in December of last year, so roughly five months ago. It's always been Bellagio, Mirage, uh, Bally's, Paris were always my most southern places. I could not be more excited about this upcoming Vegas Vacation 3 trip because it is all South Strip centric. So I'm getting to really spend time at and experience places that I've, my wife and I have never experienced before. And that's what's so exciting about this trip. I think that there's probably a fair number of folks that are going to come to Vegas Vacation 3 that are probably in the same boat. They've been down to Mandalay Bay and Luxor and Excalibur, but they've never really spent the amount of time that they're about to spend mm-hmm. like they will with this upcoming trip. And 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 I think part of that is because the monorail doesn't go that far. I fully credit <laughs> Tropicana for allowing this to happen. Karen and I's first trip to Vegas together was Luxor. That was the property that I'm like, I, the first time I ever went to Vegas, I, I, we've talked about it a thousand times, I'm not yeah. going to get into the details. But that was the property that got me to Vegas. And since that trip, we had never stayed South Strip ever again. Everything was nope. Central or North, North. Strip. Yeah. Because I was like, it just it's such a hike to everything else and blah, 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 blah. It was Tropicana's renovation that brought us back and made us re-fall in love with it. I, I, would, I would liken South Strip to Fremont Street. It really is a completely different experience than Central to North Strip. Agreed. So it's, I'm excited to bring this to people. It is a different experience. It's very exciting. It's a lot of fun. This is the land of mega resorts. Uh, it, it, God damn, it's going to be so much fun. I know. And frankly, since this is episode 199, uh-huh. which is just before the what will become episode 200, the 360 Vegas Vacation 3 trip report, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of hoping there are a few folks that are going to listen to this and go, you know what? I got a little extra money in the bank. I got a little extra vacation time built up. This is going to be a last minute decision that I'm going to pull the trigger on because Mark and Karen and Tony have <laughs> really sold this in a manner that why shouldn't I be there? Tony, you're, you're going to, this is going to make you very happy. I'm not going to give any names, but um, I can, I can tell you that there are numerous people who within the last 30 days have said us talking about it and the excitement building around it have made the last second decision to fucking come. I love hearing that. I love hearing that. Then fine, I I will throw one additional little bit of funness on top of that before we move on to the next uh, topic here in the news, which is we are recording this on May 6th, 2016. Mm -hmm. It was exactly 10 years ago today, May 6th, 2006, that old T-Bone here received word from the Michigan State Bar Association that he got licensed as an attorney. All right, I'll drink to that. Degrees of separation, but I like it. Cheers, Tony. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You've been an ten years ago today. Practicing as a lawyer for ten awesome. years. Wow. That's awesome. I hope man. it's paid it's, off. Have you paid off your your your? Are loans you yet? kidding me? <laughs> Hell no! It's law school, Karen. <laughs> well, no. So here here's the sad thing. I don't even know if I want to say that. 
But we paid off our student loans in January of this year. Yeah. Good for you guys. That's that's can awesome. I, can I, I tell I, you, I, when um, that was done, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, fucking thank you. <laughs> we're, we're part of the 2%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, in a very real sense, you are. 100%. You absolutely are. I am. Um, and frankly, there have been articles that have been written. And if anybody were to, to Google searches, this is truly a real thing. There are folks that are roughly our age that are having what are referred to as debt-free parties where, mm-hmm. by and large, yep. they don't have any debt to their name, and it usually is because they've paid off either their mortgage or their student loans or, in some cases, both. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's one of those things where I just I could not be more impressed by individuals. I know what I pay for yeah. my student loans, whether it be my federal loans, well, j- not just my federal loans, but my, my federal loans plus my, my private loans yep. to, to have gone through undergrad and, and law school. I have a mortgage of what I owe in oh, my yeah. head. And I jokingly mm-hmm. tell people, I don't know how I leave the house every day without a helmet on because... <laughs> And, and here's the most ironic part about it. I often say if I were ever to get in a car accident and something happens to my head, that's all my value is. I don't know how to work with my hands. I'm not a trade-skilled individual. I couldn't go out tomorrow and be able to make a living working oh, no, no, in, in no, the no, tr- no. skilled trades. Don't I just don't have that don't knowledge. Don't be ashamed you'd, you'd of yourself. Make, you'd make a hell of a bartender. I I, I, I talk, <laughs> we have a handyman around here all the time, like, so what's wrong with this? I don't know, it's not fucking working. I don't know. Do you need help with your fucking computers? Do you need media issues? I'm your guy. I don't know how to explain to you what's going on with this. It's not working. You look at it. <laughs> no, so- I am a big believer of the of the philosophy do what you do best and pay someone to do the rest Amen. <laughs> yep. and that's exactly what we do so any rate last one here it looks like it now here's ooh, i'm not gonna lie to you mark yeah, this is not gonna lie to you buddy to the last one you might lose little t-bone here last one yeah, guys, you're fucking focusing on the wrong part of this goddamn speech that I'm trying to do. You mean where you through. fucked up? Is that is that the wrong part that we're All focusing right, this, on? This is the half bottle bourbon. All right. Tony, yes, ready? That's your one. Go. Go. You might lose me <laughs> Go. from going to the park to going to the Westin before it closes. It's funny you said that because I am definitely going to the Westin uh, before it closes. Whoa, 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 whoa. For 360 Vegas Vacation 3? Well, Tony, I'm going to be there longer than that. I'll I'll, I'll go there after after. The, Tony, I plan for these things. All right, it's nope. what I do. Cut that out. I, no, I, I didn't know if you knew that. 360 Vegas. We we cover more than just vacations. 360. Our vacation is more than just a 360 Vegas vacation. I knew there was a better way to say that, but whatever. Yeah, that was it. Vegas Eater reports that the Weston Hotel and Casino, recently rebranded Casino, is seeking approval to close to be replaced by a restaurant. Max Casino, as they rebranded it last year, is the second smallest in the area of casinos we report on, should they have news interesting enough to call news, at about 20,000 square feet. The only one smaller is Casino Royale. Full disclosure, Vegas Eater reported Weston is the smallest at 14,000. The Max Casino features six table games and just over 150 slot machines. I've been in the Max Casino before, well, back when it was just the West End. It's basically what you imagine every hotel looks like in 100 years when gambling is the norm everywhere, basically. 
The Westin is owned by Starwood, who just signed on to open a tower at SLS. They are citing, quote, lack of revenue as their reason for closure, however. They would like to keep some bar top gaming, a few slots, and their sports book open. Traditionally, the area of gaming with the thinnest margins. That being said, their sports book is run by William Hill, so they are basically either getting rent money uh, from them or profit sharing. And if they're complaining about lack of revenue, odds are they're getting rent money. To further encourage whoever they need to get approval to close the casino proper, they claim they intend to renovate the rooms to, quote, Star Wars standard suites and reconfigure their salon, fitness center, gift shop, as well as reconfigure their pool deck and paint the exterior. They also reported wanting to finally start utilizing their 2,000 square foot, 175 seat theater that has been unoccupied for several months. Sadly, the Weston's biggest claim to fame is being the closest landmark to the site of rapper Tupac's murder in 1996. Hmm. It really is. Think of any hotel lobby you've ever gone in, any public space you've ever gone in, a larger hotel. They basically just throw table games and slot machines in there is what it is. Do you want to refresh the listener's memory real quick where they could find... The Western. Oh, yeah. That was my question. I'm like, where the hell is it? If you're in a walking mood, this is all you have to do. Take Flamingo Road, like right by uh, Cromwell. Start heading east. Just walk. It's the first hotel casino. You're going to pass that little place that says, um, we have a 100-year lease and we're not going anywhere. This little Italian joint. It's got like five slot machines or something in it. And walk past that. It's probably, I don't know. Maybe half a mile down, maybe a mile. At down. most, at most, it's it's as if you were heading towards Ellis Island. It it it's, it is. It's before. It, it's about halfway before you would get to Ellis Island. Yeah, I'd say it's a. It, yeah, that's actually, I would say it's halfway between Cromwell and Ellis Island. Yeah. Now, I, yeah. Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna sneak away at some point and go check this place out. I've never been there in all of my two dozen trips out to Vegas. I've never, not once, stepped foot in there. And that says a lot because I've, you know, we've talked about this on the show. I've been to the Orleans Palace Station, Red Rock, but I've never been to this tiny little rinky-dink casino that's just a hop, skip, and a jump off from the strip. So I, you, you might lose me at some point. See, but I, this... can't, I can't wait to hear your opinion about it because it, this space fascinates me. It, it, it literally is. It's almost like they built an entire hotel that, that has spa and everything. Like, like the kind of larger hotels you, you would think where they attract business travelers. And they're like, what are we going to do with this giant open space? Like going, can we put like gaming? Can we like some gambling tables and shit? Like, yeah, go ahead. It literally feels like the lobby, this grand lobby that you would see in one of the nicer hotels you've gone to. They're like, what are we going to do with all this space? Like, uh, gaming. That's what it feels like. I'm like literally in 100 years. This is what everybody's going to look like. You know, the Las Vegas advisor did a really fascinating question of the day. Do you subscribe to that, by the way? I, I do. Would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They did a question of the day, you know, roughly six months to a year ago about just the storied history on everything that's been in that particular a parcel of land for lack of a better term. It's just a fascinating story, but it's, it's anyway, I'm, I'm, I'll move on. I'll move on. <laughs> um, thank you for tolerating me. The bourbon is kicking in. Not at all. Tell me about Tuscany's pub 365. 
the not often reported on, but still technically in our wheelhouse, the Tuscany is opening Pub 365 in the space formerly home to their Mexican restaurant, the Cantina. The craft beer pub with 2,400 square feet will feature American fare as well as satisfy its name stay by stocking 365 beers. It's estimated to cost $400,000 and is only listed as coming soon. For those of you unaware, the Tuscany Suite and Casino is located off of Flamingo and Howard Hughes Parkway, past Ellis Island, but before you get to Paradise Road, which is where the Hard Rock is. It, it is. I don't think I've ever officially declared this. The the space that that we cover on this show are are the Strip proper, Fremont, and then the places within a, a walking distance. Not necessarily a reasonable walking distance, but within a walking distance. <laughs> Uh, but on, and then you throw in South Point and M, M Resort. Basically, every place that we report on, I've been to. Is basically what it boils down to. <laughs> Do you want to hear a dirty little secret about one of your co-hosts of the 360 Vegas podcast? Absolutely. I don't remember it now. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure it's not me or Karen, so... <laughs> no, I've never been to... Hooters Hotel and Casino. Well, there's, there's not, me neither. Yeah, there's, well, I'm not missing anything. I my, is my understanding, but you, you wasn't. Got, I got remember, a question. I'm, I'm a taskmaster, so like the first couple trips I went to Vegas, I didn't know that I was going to fall head over heels in love with it. We went to Vegas three or four times before this show ever happened. So to me, it was like I got to experience all this. This sounds awesome. I got to check all this shit out. I literally, I'm not bullshitting you, Tony. Walked from. Where uh, from Las Vegas Boulevard and Tropicana, walked to Hooters, walked all the way down, over to the at that time it was Terribles and um, and the, it's now the sil- now uh, Silver Seven Silver Seven. I went to the Hard Rock. I walked all the way down. I literally fucked my knee up. Remember my knee ex- was huge after our first trip because I fucked it up from walking uh, all that. But I I walked all the way down to the Hard Rock. I walked to the Tuscany, to Ellis Island, to Weston. I walked to all Palace Station. I walked to the Orleans. I walked to Rio, all those things. You walked to the Orleans? Yes. Oh, my God. Because I... She's OP, dude. I I hadn't fallen in love and figured it all out. I hadn't. I don't know if you walked to the Orleans. Oh, I promise you I walked to the Orleans. It was our third trip. Whatever. (laughs) I love... Seriously, I... Guys, Bourbon's talking right now, but I love that you guys love Las Vegas the same way I love it. Well, and, Mark does. Mark does. And frankly, if I, and I know I've said it before, I don't know that I've said it on the podcast, so you know what? Here's the problem. Oral, argue, oral contracts are just as effective as written contracts. <laughs> I will pay for you guys to stay at the Red Rock with me if I could get you guys to come stay at the Red Rock okay, with well, Jenna. Now, now, oh. now. Oh, wait, hold this, on. This is so a game t- changer right here. <laughs> I, there's one one clarification. I am not sharing a room. If you're paying for a room for us, that's fine. I ain't sharing a room with you and Jen. That didn't happen. I was th- just thinking of one king size. Yeah. No. But I, so, I thought that's now I'm, I'm less interested in that. Oh, that hurts. 
then Tony, you go. The girls can sleep on the floor. What's the big fucking deal, Mark? No spoon that we were going for here. Tony, he's less interested that I wanted a separate room, not that you wanted us all in the same bed. Yeah. So be happy. I'm sorry, Mark. I'm sorry, Dan. You you really teed that up for me too. I really did. Not whiffed it any harder. Damn it. I'm sorry. Listen, I I. I just here's part of the but in, in Mark I think you can probably appreciate that. Hey, can you guys hear that? That yeah, fire in the background. Shit. Just keep going. You got to remember we're gonna have ambiance underneath it. Oh, that's true. All right, fine. Well, this welcome to living in the desert or not desert. <laughs> like, you, you don't live in the desert. Do not live in the desert in the country. Forty-five at night, we fire our guns. There you go. Um, Beautiful. So. Was I going with this? I have no oh, idea. Vegas, <laughs> and and because I love Vegas as much as I do, I thought to myself, there's so much more to Vegas than just the strip and downtown. I want to know. So when Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr., when they got done doing a show, where do you think they went? What do you think they would go do? Yeah, I, no doubt there was a lot of stuff on the strip that they could go hang out and go do but even taking in what was the um oh shit what's the, mind, give me a restaurant name that we have to go to atomic Office liquors they used to hang out at they also went to moulin rouge and moulin rouge that's it that's it but think about i mean my my thought was i want to go hang out at some of these places and some of these places are far far newer than the rat pack era but i thought to myself i want to go experience some of these other places and that's what drew me to palace station and the orleans and you really have to check out weston i think you'll get a kick out of it like i literally saw the future of the world where i'm like once gaming becomes like it's not a big deal every single fucking hotel you go to will have what the weston has it's fascinating to me it it literally to me i'm like wow this is what it's going to look like in 100 years right here i that's i I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. People love when you sing for some reason. (laughs) I've had so much feedback about people going, I don't know what I love more. Your fucking potty mouth or or Tony singing. (laughs) You got that reference right. Yeah. That. No, not the song. What? No. Yes, from um, um, Saved by the Bell. Yes, when she was on the, the uppers or yes. whatever. Keep up when course. Jesse's all hopped up on caffeine <laughs> pills, yeah. Wait, you saw the. I, hold on. No, I, I know exactly seriously? what you're talking about. Had no idea that's what he was doing. Oh, I totally knew. As soon as I, he said I thought it. he was just bailing. Like he was trying to do. I'm so excited and I just can't hide it. He just kept not going to the next line. Well, I'm like, no, because that's all. No, all she did was I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm wow. So, this, I'm so scared. You literally brought this show to another level, in a good level, a higher level, not a lower level, a higher level. So let's talk about the link changing the game. Continuing to impress in their evolution from one of the shittiest properties on the strip to a cool, clever property to stay at, Frontdesk.com reports that Link just brought on 12 rooms that offer bunk beds. In truth, this is really just a clever solution to their space issues. Regardless of their impressive renovations, they can't fix the fact that their rooms are still some of the smallest available in the market. And while many properties offer the option of rollaway beds, some of Link's rooms simply can't accommodate one. So, 
bunk beds. The new innovation makes Link two things. First, the only property in Vegas to offer bunk beds as an option. Second, the only Caesars Entertainment property that doesn't offer the rollaway bed option, which normally will cost you an extra $13 per night. The bunk bed option starts at $69 a night, which is a little more expensive than the standard room. Link has also made clever renovations to make their other rooms feel larger, like not having desks or a dresser and using pocket or barnyard style sliding doors to save on space. Maybe it's just me as a guy and a kid that never had bunk beds and thought it was always a cool option. My God, this sounds so cool. <laughs> I Listen, I, I will never, ever, ever encourage parents to bring their children to Las Vegas. Fuck. But if if they're going to do it because, you know, it's like leaving children in a hot car, it's just going to happen. It, it, this is the kind of this is d- directed towards them. I mean, that's that that's a really neat option or alternatively. No, no, hold on, Tony. <laughs> hold on. It is not directed towards parents with kids. This is directed towards college towards guys that have no guys money. Jammed and in the one room. Exactly. <laughs> that was so, my next statement. No <laughs> offense. <laughs> if, if Link just wanted to make itself more of a frat boy, shitty party house thing that it was before. Thumbs up, baby. Yeah, um, <laughs> less interested in staying there now. Thank you very there much. There are 12 oh, rooms. I don't give a shit. I don't give a... I, there are 12 rooms, property. Mark, except the fact that those 12 rooms, thanks to these bunk beds, now have like 328 <laughs> douchebags yes, staying. Exactly. <laughs> Potential rapist. I, I just, I don't want to, no. I, no. Karen, you're staying at Link. Don't it's judge. going to happen. You are staying at Link. We'll see about that. I've allowed you to get away with not staying at Excalibur or Circus Circus. You've allowed me? Yes, I have. I've allowed your pretentiousness to not stay in those properties. You're fucking staying at Link. Oh, you're so Karen, cute. if you do the Link, and I mean this sincerely, and it's only I'm because of the show the that I know about that this. That sounds awful. <laughs> right. I'm not doing the Link. She's you not running a train. Is, I'm not doing it. All right. <laughs> oh, you're going to do the Link all right. <laughs> nope. You, I, try out one of those cabanas. That's one hundred percent what we're gonna do. No, that scares no, that scares the shit out of me because I don't want that many assholes at the pool having walk into my room of availability, whether the door is locked or not. Karen, I, you were in college. Don't act like this isn't something you're already used not used to. I was, and I learned a really good lesson that at my age. I'm not fighting these assholes off, so I'm not doing that. You didn't fight them off when you were in college. To the contrary, you had a big fucking neon sign that just pointed straight to it. No? Is that too far? Wow. (laughs) Tony. (laughs) Um, I'm going to have to distance myself from you at this point, Tony. (laughs) I apologize, Karen. What I meant to say was you were a virgin until your wedding night. saying that either, but a gigantic neon sign pointing to it? I mean, are you kidding me? All right, so stop. No. What? No. What? What's what you get for bad-mouthing the link? That's right. I'm I'm kind of... Hold on, Mark. You're turning this on me? Tony's the one that said... Why? Oh, wait. Hold on. I was uncomfortable, I, and I, I, I feel more no. comfortable when you're attacking me, no. and I'm like, Tony's in trouble. No, yell at me. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm myself in front. No. 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 Don't, don't even it. turn this on Mark me. was, like, on his last day before retirement. 
We're both screwed. I, I, yeah, no. There's no way to win this. So we're it's just super awesome. Stop. You're staying at Link. We'll figure the yeah. details out. You'll That's going to happen. It's going to happen. Let's move on. You might be staying at Link. Yeah, it's going to happen. Let's move on. Much like most sorority girls' philosophy, <laughs> it's going to happen. So you're just late. <laughs> It's, it's back, important it that we move on rapidly, Tony. Yep. <laughs> you know what, Clark? The best thing you can do is just, just, just let him finish. Tony, move yes, on. Karen? Move How on. about the burger lounge is delayed? Yeah, Vegas Eater is reporting that the burger lounge, originally planned to open in March at Aria, has had to push back that opening to June to finish remodeling. The Burger Lounge is an expanding brand out of Southern California whose thing is grass-fed American cows purchased from one source and never frozen. Doesn't Wendy say theirs are never frozen? Other pretentious options include organic cheese and gluten-free buns. Burger Lounge will be located in the location formerly home to the coffee shop next to the property's poker room. Aria has had to put up $932,000 in costs to renovate the 1,325 square foot space to accommodate Burger Lounge, but they will be sharing profits with the property as a result. Just in case it wasn't already known, Burger Lounge's CEO made sure to announce that they may be interested in opening additional locations in Vegas, to which Vegas responded, let's see if you succeed in the first place. Yeah, just relax there, champ. (laughs) I, I, I know little to nothing about this, although, as, as a culinary person, Karen, do you really think grass-fed beef is going to taste any different than steroid-fed beef? Non-grass-fed is not steroid-fed. It, it's grain-fed. It's everything else. It's Okay, you know what I mean. But there is a difference in the beef, but the difference is when you grind up into a burger, you really lose all the... All the point? Yeah. Well, so when, when people go to buy Kobe burgers, you completely lose the what Kobe is because it has the fat marbled into it. You grind right. it all up, it doesn't matter. You can add as much fat into regular burger as you want and it's going to taste the same. So, I just think it sounds silly. Like, I can't fat... I understand it's better for the cows. I get it. It's more humane. <laughs> but I can't wrap my head around going... Like, if I were blind taste, that's like going, that's grass-fed. Oh, okay, that's well, grass-fed no, right there. So, there is a difference... That's some good-ass grass-fed right there. So, do we have any thoughts on this beyond my grass-fed joke? Nope. Then we should probably move on to something you don't give a shit about. Yes. And I really don't. And this is the worst part. Like, if you thought you've lost me before this, uh, I'm like, I'm going to shut my mouth. And we haven't my, even gotten into off. prop bets or any other shit. We're still in the news. I'm going to go. The last one. Oh, my my lawn, because I got nothing to f- add. This is kind of Vegas. Five minutes. This is kind Five of minutes. exciting. Go meditate. Not really. Kind of good. Go meditate. Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. NFL in Vegas is one step closer than it's been before to having a team. Last week, it was reported by multiple sources that Oakland Raiders owner Mark Davis will seek relocation to Vegas if the city builds a dome stadium along Tropicana Avenue near the Strip. Davis and David Beckham, for some reason met with Southern Nevada Tourism Infrastructure Committee at UNLV to discuss the proposed $1.3 billion stadium. Why? Because Las Vegas Sands Stadium Plan calls for tourism tax dollar funds to cover two-thirds of the price tag. Davis reassured the community that he isn't using Vegas as a bargaining chip against Oakland, that he seriously wants to relocate. 
He said he wants to take Vegas from being the silver state to the silver and black state. A play off the state's name. But possibly the most surprising announcement was from the guy who actually matters in the whole affair. Mark Davis told the committee that he's willing to spend half a billion dollars to move the Raiders into this stadium. There is still a hell of a road ahead. First, the RJ reports that the SNTIC doesn't have the power to approve the tax allocation. Only the Nevada legislature can do that, and unless they call a special session, they aren't expected to reconvene until February of 2017. Second, two-thirds of NFL owners have to approve the move, and while sentiment is growing to allow a team in Vegas, some old-timers still don't like the idea of football in a town that allows gambling on it. Considering the team and ownership family's history, it has been speculated that Vegas is being used as a huge pawn, despite what Mark has said, to get Oakland to finally cave and build them a new stadium in a desperate sign of support, as well as apply pressure to the city to fund a new stadium, Oakland Raiders season tickets are very close to selling out with more than 50,000 for next season, up from 30,000 the previous year. If it happens, it will be the first time in franchise history. We know Tony doesn't give a shit. Karen, will the Raiders end up in Las Vegas? I thought that he wasn't going to be relying on tax dollars. So when you said the... SNIT doesn't have the power to approve the tax allocation. How does it even play in? If he's willing to move. They are the planners for development in the area, but right. the tax dollars don't rely, uh, they don't have the ability to do it. They basically have to convince them to go, yeah, we should build this. We should totally build this. Hey, we get tax dollars to build this? But him throwing in half a billion dollars wasn't expected. Here's the fucked up thing is that Las Vegas Sands owns that land. But in, in their plan, they're like, we should build this and not pay anything for it. Well, you just use our land. Like, wait, wait a minute, you're going to get revenues off this? How the fuck does that work? Wait, so who, who's building a stadium now? Las Vegas. Uh, wait a minute. Nobody's building, a, like, a stadium football size. No, somebody I thought... Las Vegas Sands has been talking about it forever. UNLV uh, would be the primary... Re they basically said, even if the Raiders don't come, they could build this stadium and it would be it, it would they'd be fine even if they don't have a pro team i still think the nfl in vegas is a huge mistake but really yeah i i don't like it uh, i i don't necessarily think the, the area but i don't want them to stay in california let me just make make it clear california has way too many teams well yeah la doesn't deserve a team teams. everything that's going on with that is bullshit i i agree with you on that and the raiders so. are how many how many people have the raiders fucked over in their entire I gotta be honest. The whole thing is just boring the shit out of me. Like, right, it, like on. it would be cool if Vegas gets a football team, but only because I care about Vegas and Hello? I don't really care about California. <laughs> Hi, oh, Tony. Wow. Welcome Thank, back. Thanks for interrupting the conversation, dickhead. It moves on. Just, just <laughs> go. Is it me you're looking for? Right, let's move on to prop bets whenever no, you're ready. You I could see it in your eyes. You shouldn't have pressed. Prince reference, not... I could reference. see it in your Tony, Move it on. Up. God damn it. You're all I ever wanted. Your arms are open wide. And I just know just what to say. 
And I know just what okay. to do. Mr. Bourbon? Mr. Bourbon. We're only seven Bourbon. pages in. Let me start by like saying. Seriously, we will cut you only. off here in two seconds. You don't shut the fuck up. I love you. Two seconds, buddy. Tony. Please, Jesus Christ. Tony. Well, our friend had enjoyed himself far too much <laughs> in, in preparation for this. So... Karen and I are going to finish the show up with you. Which is not necessarily going to be better. Okay. <laughs> right, but you know. So that's going to wrap up the news, and we're going to move on to Prop Bets. For those of you that are not familiar, Prop Bets is an extension of the news, but with just bits and pieces of noteworthy items. Guy Hamilton, four-time James Bond director, including Diamonds Are Forever, set in Las Vegas, died this week at the age of 93. The cause of death has not yet been rep- reported. 93, right? <laughs> well, he's 93. Right. <laughs> Vegas Eater is reporting that Hot and Juicy Crawfish is the latest restaurant that will open up on the Harmon exterior side of the Miracle Mile shops at Planet Hollywood. Like its future neighbor, Nacho Daddy, it will also have a second level as an outdoor dining option. Both are expected to open later this year. For those of you planning to enjoy the top golf Vegas attraction just behind MGM Grand, Vegas eaters shared their entire menu, including food and drinks. What might be interesting to this show is Top Golf saved Riviera's Casino Bar, and they were planning on restoring it to use it in their first level as the Riv Bar. However, later in the week, they announced that they were unable to reconstruct her to fit Top Golf's layout, so they plan to add other elements to the Riviera vibe. It all seems like measurements, right? How would you not be able to go, oh, we can make this work? No, it's not going to work. <laughs> you think. Claiming it's not about the money, the Las Vegas Sun is reporting that Rihanna turned down a half a million dollars to host a pool party at Mandalay Bay's Beach Club for their opening weekend. Rihanna is already performing two concerts back-to-back during the weekend and felt she would be too tired to add anything else to her plate during the visit. Listen, I would love to make fun of this concept. Let's be honest. Even a performer wants to have some fucking fun when they're in Vegas. It's not all about work. Maybe she just wants to fucking hang out and have a good time. Especially Rihanna. Right. Remember the chef we talked about on the last show who just took over LVB Burgers at Mirage but already had a restaurant at the property that none of us had tried? Well, that restaurant, Portofino, was just recognized as one of the top ten restaurants in the U.S. by Saget. Is that what that is, Zagat? It was Gai- Gaio. That's how they. That's how they phonetically pronounce it. Okay, it. so I'm not sure who Gaio is. Ga- Gaio. Zagat. Right. I don't know. I don't know who it is either. I assume you meant Zagat. If it's not. That's it, what I, I thought know. originally too. But no, no, that's not how they phonetically right, pronounce it. I don't it. know who Gaio is. Right. So I'm like, I don't know if that means anything. <laughs> Zarkana, Cirque's second unsuccessful show in Vegas and Aria, has closed at the property. It will be replaced. By convention center. <laughs> Hakkasan's PR spent some time last week confidently explaining why their new Jewel nightclub, taking over the space formerly home to Hayes, will be successful in the market. It will have all the things you're used to hearing about new nightclubs, but we'll have it in a unique way. Right? <laughs> I'm not saying these spaces aren't cool, but I, I just, at this point, like you're reading about them, I'm going, it's it, so it's new and great and cool. All right, well, there you go. For those of you already well-versed in the culinary stylings of California Pizza Kitchen, 
Vegas Weekly did a story on them and informed that their new location in MGM's The Park Complex is not only the largest of their 300 locations at nearly 8,000 square feet, it also overlooks Bliss Dance. During one of his regular tours of various Vegas properties, at Mel's Vegas discovered a few changes at Monte Carlo. Pool tables have found their way around Ignite Bar at the front of the property. Sand Shuffleboard is now available at the pub. Who plays this fucking game? I'm that sorry. is fun. Which game? Sand Shuffleboard's fun! You don't like that with the little weighted thing? Actually, I think I like it better when it's when it's bowling. The little bowling things. Bocce. Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Cosm Paulton once again. Tell me they aren't in. I swear Monte Carlo is trying to be baby Cosm Paulton. <laughs> in an effort to keep the East Strip safe and the number one tourist destination in the world, local legal officials are contemplating a ban on all bags on the Strip, including backpacks. In fact, the only sort of bags that would be allowed would be clear. Retailers aren't very happy, and to be clear, this rule is already in place for New Year's and the Rock and Roll Marathon. Right? There's no way they can do this, no, right? This is no honestly way. this. This is stupid. Yeah. Right. I get when you're doing giant things like that. In general, that's ridiculous. I agree. Yeah. No way there. Resorts World reported they will start construction on their four billion dollar resort on the land formerly home to the Stardust. In the last three months of 2016, with a plan to open in 2019. Hooray. This is the third time they've announced plans to begin construction since the project was announced. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb. This will be the third time that they will announce delays. <laughs> Looking for any way to draw a crowd to them, Vital Vegas reports that Westgate will host America's first Mahjong World Championship. July 22nd to the 24th. And Vital Vegas reports that, by a press release, Lucky Dragon has announced they are fully funded. The remaining capital required to finish the project, roughly $55 million, will be supplied by the... Oh, Jesus no God. one's going to judge mispronunciation but on this show. Bonfa and Widener families by the Las Vegas Economic Impact Regional Center. Part of the project claimed an, quote, authentic Asian experience and will be signage in Chinese first and second English. Part, part of the project claimed authentic Asian experience. The signs are going to be primarily Chinese and then English. Hooray. Right? That's where I was going with it. That's it for news and prop bets. Please, let's move on to coming attractions. Attractions is the part of the show where we will share with you acts and artists outside of the usual residencies that we will be performing in Vegas in the future. This segment is brought to you by tickets.accessvegas.com. If you're going to a concert or an event in Las Vegas or anywhere in the world, treat yourself right by grabbing great premium seats at tickets.accessvegas.com. New Edition with Babyface are performing at the Joint Hard Rock on Saturday, July 9th. Show starts at 9 p.m. Tickets start at 50 bucks. Australian Pink Floyd is performing at the Pearl at Palms Saturday, September 3rd. Show starts at 8 p.m. 
Tickets start at $37. Cindy Lauper is performing at the Joint Hard Rock on October 8th. Shows start at 7 p.m. Tickets start at $43. Craig Robinson of Office and Hot Tub Time Machine fame is performing at Brooklyn Bowl Friday, July 15th. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $35. I should probably do this one. Ken Head and overinflated plastic bimbo, together known as Zoe Bowie, have announced a residency at the Downtown Grand Friday at the Citrus Pool Deck starting next May 13th. Well, I guess it'd be this upcoming May 13th. Citrus will also offer seating, football, cornhole, table tennis, and more recreational activities. Steven Tyler of Aerosmith is performing an Out on a Limb, a song and storytelling show to the Venetian on Saturday, July 2nd. Shows start at 8 p.m. Tickets start at 40 bucks. And Channing Tatum announced this week that they will be doing Magic Mike Live at the Hard Rock next March. The show will take over the space formerly home to Body English, and while he won't be performing, Channing Tatum is the creator and director of the production. Don't forget you can find links to purchase tickets to these and all the artists we report on our coming attractions calendar on the blog. That's going to do it for episode 199. Thank you all for listening and downloading. We really do appreciate it. If you'd like to check out any of the stories on today's show, you can do so on the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com. You can support the show by PayPal donations, by buying stuff from our merch store, which is zazzled slash 360vegas.com, or help others find the show by reviewing us on iTunes. If you'd like to send some feedback, written or audio, you can do so at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. The eve of 360 Vegas Vacation 3. I'm really excited for you because there are a lot of fucking epic people that you didn't get to meet. And now I'm like, I know all of them. All these are all new people, too. (laughs) So this is going to be awesome. I can't believe it's fucking here already. It can't get here soon enough. I need a vacation. It's going to be a good time. Until then. (laughs) 